Good morning, everyone. It is such a joy to be with you in worship today. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. And it is a privilege and an honor to serve you in this time of worship. Those of you who are joining with us in person, we are so thankful that you are able to be here in person today. And those of you joining with us online, we are thankful for your presence as well. Today, as we enter into this time of worship, we are beginning the season of Lent together. And today, in our sermon series about the seven last words of Christ, we are going to be talking about the power of forgiveness and the challenge of forgiveness. Because let's face it, that is hard sometimes. And so you'll notice that in addition to our usual candle votive stations um, that are a prayer station around our room, we also have um, a Sands of Forgiveness prayer station that is located in the back of the room. And each week throughout the season of Lent, we'll be having a different prayer station that goes along with the words of Christ for that week uh, that we're talking about in this time of worship. So I want to invite you in this time of worship to visit one of those prayer stations as you feel led during uh, the music, during the songs, during our prayer time. We want this to be a time and a space for you to experience God in powerful ways. I know that all of us are in different places in our journey of faith. And for some of us, that experience of God is palpable and it is powerful and it is joyful. And for others, we may struggle with that faith and we may struggle in our journey with God. But we know that no matter where we are on our faith journey, that the God of grace meets us there. And so wherever you are in your faith journey today in this time of worship, I want you to know that God is welcoming you into this place just as we are, just as you are. Let us worship God together this morning. Let's stand and sing together this morning. I searched the world But it couldn't fill me well, Man's empty praise And treasures that fade But never enough And you came along And put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing better than you. 
there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing.
we enter into a time together of communal prayer. And in this worship experience, we give you time during this prayer together to name your joys and your concerns before God and the community. This is an ancient practice of Christianity that we bring into this space so that we might know together what it is that's on our hearts. You're invited to say your joys and concerns out loud, under your breath or in your heart in the way that you need to. Let us pray together. God, we have entered a holy season. Lent offers a moment of holy interruption of our regular life that barrels forward without any sort of pause. We ask that you open our hearts this morning to the space you are making for life to grow. God, we come to you humbly with our concerns this morning. God, we pray for all experiencing grief. God, we pray for Blake Williams and family in the death of his mother, Rachel Williams. God, we pray for Dr. Tony Johnson and family in the death of his mother, Vita Johnson. And God, we pray for Dale Garland and his family in the death of his sister-in-law, Pat Garland. God, we, we pray that you comfort all in grief this morning. And God, we pray for hope and comfort for all who are hospitalized or ill. God, we pray for Amy Boyce, Bobby Bonner, Mimi Chandler, Gloria Cleveland, and Paula Woosley. God, you see the weight on our shoulders that we carry in here. We ask that you lighten our burdens as we name them before you now. God, we thank you for the life that you have given us. With our short amount of time on this planet, we soak in all that is joyful and beautiful. God, we rejoice in the baptism of Caroline Marshall, child of Lauren Blair and Lambert Marshall. God, we pray blessings and congratulations over the wedding of Kendall Bird and Lane Phillips in their recent marriage. And God, we name our joys, small and large, before you now. For Annie, for Ryan, for Leah, for warm weather, for community. God, we pray we pray for those who are scared and hurting and grieving in Ukraine. God, we pray that your peace start with us. We pray that the needs of each soul and the well-being of all are met in your comfort and action in the world, O oh God. We pray for Christians gathered here and around the world, that we might be agents of your comfort in a world that so desperately needs it. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In this time of worship, as we come together as the body of Christ, we know that community is an important part of that body of Christ. 
And we are so thankful that beginning this week, as we begin the season of Lent, we will begin our Wednesday night ministries here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We will have a meal, a communal meal um, that you can register for that is free to children under the age of 18. Um, and a, that catered meal uh, is at, at low expenses for adults as well. And then we'll have classes. I'll be teaching an adult confirmation class about what we believe as a church. Dr. Robbins will continue to lead his Bible study. We have other classes for adults as well as the, the gospel according to Dr. Seuss for our youngest uh, church family members, uh, our children. We're so thankful for this opportunity to come together and learn and grow as a community. And it is made possible because you give. Because you give, we are able to grow as a community together in our joys, in our struggles, and in our walks with Jesus. If you would like to make a donation, financial contribution to make possible uh, this community that continues to grow at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, you can do so at this time of offering by dropping an offering in the baskets as they are passed or um, by texting to give, giving online, um, and you'll see the ways to give on your screens. As we come to God in this time of offering, let us join in an attitude of prayer. God, as we give our gifts to you today, a portion of what you give to us, we ask that they may be multiplied for your kingdom work. That as this community, we may be good stewards of those gifts, using them to transform lives, communities, and your world in the power of your kingdom of grace. Amen. Your name is life. 
your name is light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is light forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. to remain standing as you are able for the reading of the gospel this morning. As we enter into this time of Lent, we are reading each week a different one of Jesus's sayings, Jesus's phrases, Jesus's words from the cross. And so from Luke's gospel, the 23rd chapter, beginning with the 32nd verse. Two other men, both criminals, were also led with him, Jesus, to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one at his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you are seated, I invite you to turn to one another around you and offer a word of greeting. Thank you. As you are seated, um, we have a few... uh, Announcements, a few aspects of the life of our church that we would like to share with you and make you aware. As I mentioned, we will be beginning Wednesday nights, this coming Wednesday. Um, And because we are having this catered meal, um, we are asking that if you plan to have a meal with us, that you pre-register by tomorrow. And that can be found, that registration at phumc.com slash Wednesday nights. That information is also on the back of your bulletins um, and on our website, and we invite you to participate in that. As we begin the season of Lent, we are also beginning our paid in full Lenten campaign. We want to invite you to join with us in the spiritual journey of growth and generosity this Lenten season, as we hope as a church to be debt-free by Easter Sunday. Um, In hoping to be debt-free by Easter Sunday, celebrating that we are free in Christ as Christ beat death, um, as he freed us from debt with his life, death, and resurrection in that way, we invite you to participate in that campaign with us. And you can find more information about that on our website. We also have calendars and devotional booklets available in our lobby, and those booklets contain not only information for adults, um, but information for how families are to talk about this and engage children and youth with this important ministry of our church so that 
everybody, no matter our age and stage in life, can participate in this meaningful experience. Last but certainly not least, we are in the midst of revamping how we best care for our church family. Um, And so we are so thankful for work that is um, underway to revamp our caring ministries here at the church. And we want to know what you need from us as far as care is concerned. There'll be a survey that you will be receiving this Wednesday if you are on our mailing list, Um, a survey that is going to be going out. It's a very short survey about the needs of our church and about how you might be called and led to help care for those needs. Um, Because we know that it is not only the pastors and the church staff that are responsible for caring for one another, it is also the responsibility of the body of Christ. Um, And so we invite you to be a part of that as we seek to better care for one another, not only in this Lenten season, but throughout the year as a family of faith. And now these things being said, I invite you to join me in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So a few weeks ago, I had the amazing opportunity, thanks to our wonderful staff and team here at the church, to go on a short vacation. I was able to go and visit my sister in the city of Atlanta, um, and she works at a church on Sunday mornings as a singer, and so I was able to go and to worship, to sit in a pew on Sunday mornings, which is such a gift uh, for a pastor to be able to do. And as I went and sat in the pew that Sunday and received the word from the pastor, the word that he had came from the gospel as Jesus is teaching us the importance of a radical form of love. When Jesus calls us not to look at people with an eye for an eye mentality or to seek vengeance, but to invite us all to turn the other cheek when we are wronged to love our enemies, to pray for those who hurt us. And as my sister and I were enjoying lunch after church, I turned to her and both of us turned to each other and we said, you know, but, but what about repentance? Where does repentance come in this forgiveness thing, in this turning the other cheek thing, in this loving our enemies thing? Isn't repentance and contrition a prerequisite to being forgiven by God? I mean, isn't that how this is supposed to work? And I became passionately indignant about this at lunch that day. And then I come home and I begin to prepare for today's sermon. And I realize that Jesus operates a little bit differently. Jesus has a little bit something different to say than us humans might expect when it comes to forgiveness. Today, as I mentioned, we are beginning our seven last words worship series, journeying with Jesus to the cross. And so today we begin with these first of the final words of Jesus on the cross. Up until this point, Jesus had prayed with his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane after having shared a meal with them, which we will remember later on in our service today. And then he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he prays. And as he is there, he is met with his betrayer, one of his friends who has given up his location, who has betrayed him into the hands of people who would do him harm. Jesus is arrested, and he is brought before a court, and he is tried, and he is betrayed, and as he is sentenced to execution and led to that very public execution, he is mocked, and he is beaten, and he is hurt, and... All of his friends at that point, at least all of his male friends, abandon him. And so as Jesus is hanging on that cross then, and he offers these first of his last words, it's very difficult for me to receive them. 
Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Now, Jesus had said a lot of really tough words, like the ones that I listened to in that sermon a few weeks ago. But many times when we hear Jesus' words inviting us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, we may be tempted to think of those as metaphorical words. Those are words that we're not supposed to really take seriously. Or we put lots of asterisks and footnotes by them. But here, as Jesus is hanging on the cross... As as he's in the middle of dying, being betrayed and abandoned by all who even claimed to love him, let alone the government and all of the people around him. He says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Those words inviting us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us are not metaphorical when it comes to Jesus. And that's really, really hard for me to hear. The word forgiveness in Greek is the word aphemi, which also has a meaning of casting out or throwing um, or releasing. It it, it is this word to where we are are released and freed. And that word there, Jesus inviting the people that are doing these horrible things to him to be released and to be freed are given in this scripture before they even know what they are doing. Before repentance and contrition actually happen. And just like that doesn't sit well with me, Jesus' all-encapsulating grace and forgiveness, it hasn't sat well with Christians for a number of generations. In one of the early renditions of the Gospel of Luke, right, we have these these scripture passages that many years ago um, were not before the printing press. They were not printed. They would have been written down on, on scrolls on paper and handed out to people. In one of those earliest renditions of the Gospel of Luke... The lines, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors that are found in the Lord's Prayer were omitted. People didn't want Jesus to have said those words. And St. Augustine talks about in the earliest Christian churches when they would say the Lord's Prayer together, people wouldn't say that part. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors because they knew that if they were to say it, they would be lying. Forgiveness is really hard. And it's no wonder. Because as a church, oftentimes forgiveness has been encouraged and invited for us to experience in cheap ways. Will Willimon, in his book, Thank God It's Friday, about the seven last words of Jesus, talks about how one rabbi that he talked to about Jesus' words of forgiveness on the cross said, you know, I am all about the words of Jesus normally, but I don't think these are good ones. I think they're unhelpful. For an example of Jewish people forgiving Gentiles for killing Jews... That has led to a lot of dangerous, dangerous stuff in the history of the world, the Holocaust being one of them. Will Willimon also goes on to say that there was a woman in his congregation who came to him who was struggling in an abusive relationship, and she said, I'm working on forgiving him. And he said, hold the phone. As a pastor, let me tell you that it is okay for you to get out of that abuse and make sure that it stops and not rush to forgiveness. We have these examples of humans looking at forgiveness, preemptive forgiveness, as cheap. 
Well, if we're just gonna be forgiven for it, if it's just gonna go on again, why don't we just go on sinning? But from Jesus' lips on the cross, offering forgiveness for people who don't know what they're doing, it's a really tough thing for us to wrestle with. It's also really tough because I know that we humans often need forgiveness for those things that we don't know what we do. For being part of systems of injustice and oppression. For saying hurtful things off the cuff, but that are very hurtfully received, perhaps, by those around us. And just as it is unhelpful and unhealthy for us to look at forgiveness as something that is cheap, it is also unhealthy for us to hold on to hurt and to anger and to allow ourselves to be eaten up by bitterness. There's a story, it's not a story, it's a real story, (laughs) about a man named Daryl. Daryl Burton. Daryl Burton was a man who in 1984 was living in Ferguson, Missouri. And one day, out of nowhere, Daryl was arrested because despite the fact that a description of a robber given to the police was a light-skinned, five-foot-five black man, and he was a dark-skinned, five-foot-ten black man, he was brought in and arrested and then picked out of a lineup by people who were given deals in order to point someone out in that lineup. And he was arrested and tried and convicted of murder and served 24 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. Daryl talked about in prison being consumed, as he rightfully should have been, by indignation and rage, as he cried out for justice as he sent letter upon letter to people pleading his case. And he said that he had read the words of Jesus, he had grown up in the church, hearing those words, inviting us to love our enemies, but he said then, he read Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And he read the words of Jesus on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, or they do not know what they are doing. And he said what he heard in that was Jesus asking God to forgive when Jesus as the human may not have been able to do so. And he said at that moment, he said, God, I need you to forgive my people, because I'm so burnt up with hate. I don't know if I can do that on my own. And as he prayed for God to forgive, he himself experienced grace. And he said it was like his whole body felt different. Daryl ended up being freed as new evidence was discovered. He ended up being freed and is now a United Methodist pastor. Sharing these words of preemptive forgiveness. Now I don't think that what Jesus is asking us to do here is to abandon justice and to abandon repentance, to put up with cheap grace, but instead to look at Jesus' words from the cross and remember that even when forgiveness and reconciliation is too hard for us to find, that God's grace is for each and every one of us. 
A grace that is not cheap, but a grace that invites us into freedom. Freedom from hurt, freedom from anger, freedom from abuse, freedom from injustice. God's forgiveness and God's grace cover each and every one of us and call us then to live into that grace, to live into the grace of freedom. When Christ offers forgiveness, it's important for us to remember that this is God we're talking about. That this isn't us. That forgiveness and grace and life anew is never dependent on us, and I'm so glad it's not. But that with God, forgiveness and grace and transformation are possible to free us, to free us all, to bring us back to a powerful relationship with the one whose love is so great that he offers forgiveness even when we don't know what we're doing. I hope that as we begin this Lenten journey, that we can wrestle with this understanding of forgiveness. That when it's hard and when we find ourselves questioning like I did when I heard that sermon, what about repentance? How do we make sure that God's grace and forgiveness are not rushed into to the point that that grace is made cheap? But I hope that we can hear in these words powerful reminder for our lives that God's grace and God's forgiveness are, are, are powerful, that they are life transformative, and that they are for each and every one of us so that we can be freed, so that we can be made new, and so that all of us can grow to experience life in Christ. Amen. As we enter into this time of Holy Communion, it is a reminder of what God has done for us. A reminder of those difficult and challenging words that are offered on the cross. A reminder of that difficult journey that Jesus went through out of love for us. And it is an invitation for each and every one of us to receive the grace of God. Grace that is not cheap, but grace that is real and powerful and freeing and life transforming. As we enter into this time of Holy Communion, we remember the night on which Jesus gave himself up for us, where he took bread and he gave thanks to God and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples, including his denier and his betrayers and all of them that would abandon him. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of a new and everlasting covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so as we remember these acts of Jesus, let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, we give you thanks that you offer us forgiveness even when we don't know what we're doing. That you offer us new life when we hurt and when we hurt others that you draw us together and draw us towards you in ways that we cannot even begin to comprehend. In this holy meal today, God, as we remember 
what you did for us, even us. We ask that you will pour out your Holy Spirits on these ordinary gifts of bread and of juice, that you may make for us an extraordinary gift of your grace, that they may be for us the body, your body and blood, so that we can go forth to be the body of Christ for our world. God, unite with us today and unite us together with one another that we can be an even more powerful witness in our broken and hurting world to what your grace can do to redeem us. Until that day, O oh God, when our full world is redeemed with justice and righteousness and the fullness of new life. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite those who are serving communion to please come forward. And as they do, and as uh, they prepare and, and we prepare to distribute these, I want to remind you that in the United Methodist Church, that this we consider not to be our table, but God's table. And so you do not have to be a member of this or of any congregation to receive this holy meal, just that you wish to receive the grace of Christ in your life. Um, as the ushers invite you, you will be invited to come forward um, and you'll be given, you can go to any of our three stations. There is gluten-free in the middle and there are two bread stations on the outside. So come to any of those stations that you wish to. And you will be given um, a either a wafer or a piece of bread and a cup. Um, and that individual cup, you'll drink the juice and place it in our baskets that are on either side of the aisles. And then you'll return to your seats around the sides. You can also feel free to visit our prayer stations as you leave. Um, it is our hope and our prayer that in this holy meal, that you will experience the grace of God.
Let's stand together and sing this morning. Behind your regrets in your state Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was but with the patience provided of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are invitation this week as a community of faith is to do the hard, heart-wrenching work of forgiveness, to be freed from the anger, to be freed from the darkness that traps us when we cannot let it go. If you want to be a part of a community that is willing to do that, to walk that journey as imperfect as it may be, you are welcome to join our church formally with Reverend McMurray and I up here during the last part of our song. And if you are worshiping with us online and you would like to be a formal part of our community, please reach out to our church via the platform that you're using or by calling the church office. Let us sing together. the world of the treasure you've found. That is our call today as we go forth into the world to tell the world of the power of the grace of Jesus Christ, to share that love and grace with all we meet so that those who do not know it will find in you and in God a generous and precious friend. So go in peace and grace, have a great week, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. <laughs>